when Jesus was passed over again by ship to the other side, much people gathered unto him, and he was nigh unto the sea. And behold, there cometh one of the rulers of the synagogue, Jairus by name. And when he saw him, he fell at his feet, and besought him greatly, saying, My little daughter lieth at the point of death. I pray you come and lay your hands upon her. She may be healed, she shall live. Jesus went with him, and he cometh to the house of the ruler of the synagogue, and seeth the tumult, and them that wept and wailed greatly. And when he was come in, he said unto them, Why make this ye do? Why do ye weep? The damsel is not dead, but sleepeth. And they laughed him to scorn. But when he had put them all out, he taketh the father and the mother of the damsel, and them that were with him, and entereth into where the damsel was lying. And he took the damsel by the hand, and said unto her, to Kumai, which is being interpreted, Damsel, I say unto you, Arise. And straightway the damsel arose and walked, for she was about the age of twelve years. And they were astonished with a great astonishment. And he charged them straightly that no man should know it, and commanded that something should be given her to eat. The eternal word of God is never changed and never will. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Life begins at Calvary, there my Savior died. He took my place and by His grace came with me to abide. All I need for living is mine by just believing. Life begins at Calvary, life that never ends. Mark provides two miracles from our Savior. A woman is healed after 12 years. A little girl is raised from the dead, leading to the fact that contact with the Savior brings deliverance. Let's now join Dr. Mitchell on the Unchanging Word Bible broadcast in this extended program from Mark chapter 5, verses 21 through 43. Good day, friends. It is our joy to come to you. And I want to tell you, my friend, it is a real joy to sit down here and talk to you about our wonderful Savior, I think too often we Christians who love the Savior, who are evangelical in our beliefs, in some way or another we have missed out knowing the wonder of our Lord in himself, his sweetness, his tenderness, his compassion. Uh, for example, we have today before us the, the gospel through Mark chapter 5. And I'm going to be reading verses 21 to 24. And then I'm going to read from 35 to 43, where our Lord speaks of his authority or manifests his authority over death. Now we have seen our Savior teaching, healing, casting out demons in the preceding passages. Now we have an entirely different picture. Now last two lessons we were dealing with the, with the Gadarene demoniac and of how the Lord cast the demons out of him and how he destroyed an illegal business and how the man became a real witness for the Lord, having, had a, having been transformed, having been delivered from his demons, and no longer naked but clothed, no longer raging round but at perfect peace, sitting at the feet of Jesus, clothed in his right mind. And you remember the fear of the Lord, trusting the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. The beginning of wisdom. A lot of people have all kinds of knowledge but no wisdom. Knowledge is not wisdom. Wisdom is the usage of that knowledge. So we have here the man sitting at the feet of Jesus, clothed in his right mind. And then we have the people who owned the pigs. Do you remember? They asked Jesus to get out. They besought him to leave their country. 
They would rather have the demon-possessed man plus their pigs than to have the man healed in his right mind without the pigs. My, what a picture today. Men today are selling their souls, selling their eternal souls for material gain. We have a materialistic philosophy that, has, that is rampant today through the country, and people will not accept a Savior because they've got a God, money, possessions, whatever it may be. And so men today have failed to realize the value of their souls. They can tell you the value of a, of a building lot or acreage or some business. What's the value of their soul? Some countries means nothing. Means nothing. Life can be snuffed out and it doesn't bother them. They, didn't, they don't lose a wink of sleep. And yet Jesus said, What shall it profit a man if he should gain the whole world and lose his own soul? What shall a man give in exchange for his soul? And I say it very kindly, there are thousands of men in this country who have sold themselves out to a materialistic philosophy of life. They don't want the Savior, and they neglect their families, all for what? The getting of things. They excuse it by saying... I've got to make a living for my family. When the important thing is knowing the Savior. And with the Savior on your side, you'll take care of your family. Don't worry about that. You, oh, you may not have all the money you want. But I know men who can count their, can write checks for six numbers, have no joy, have no peace, have no satisfaction. There's only one person who can give you that. That's the Lord Jesus Christ. So the chapter starts with the Lord casting the demons out of a man. The man is absolutely transformed, but the people who own the pigs are not. They'd rather have the pigs. And they ask Jesus to get out. I've had men tell me that too. They told me to shut up. They didn't want to hear about Jesus. They didn't want him in their lives. Now, starting in at verse 21 of the chapter, we have an entirely different picture. You do not here see the Lord manifesting his authority over the powers of darkness. What you have here is a manifestation of the compassion and tenderness of Christ to people in need. Let me read this first one. I know they're both linked together, but I would like to take this first one and carry it through. For example, starting in at verse 21, Jesus was passed over... And when Jesus was passed over again by ship to the other side, much people gathered unto him, and he was nigh unto the sea. And behold, there cometh one of the rulers of the synagogue, Jairus by name. And when he saw him, he fell at his feet, and besought him greatly, saying, My little daughter lieth at the point of death. I pray you come and lay your hands upon her. She may be healed. She shall live. Jesus went with him, and much people followed him, and thronged him. That is, they pressed upon the Savior. Now remember, Jairus' daughter, 12 years of age, is at the point of death. And this man has come up seeking Jesus, and when he heard he had come from the other side, he went and said, I want you to come down to my house, my little girl. The apple of my eye is dying. 
will you come and heal her? And while he turns to go down to the house of Jairus, crowd throngs him. And it stops him from going. And you can just see how Jairus would feel. In his heart, he's saying to himself, I wish he'd hurry up. I wish he'd hurry up. I wish the crowd would get away from him. Doesn't he know my daughter's dying? You can just see this. And then a woman comes through and touches his garment and is made whole. Jesus stops the whole procession to, take, to meet the need of a poor woman. We'll come back to that. Now, now you come on down to verse, down to verse um, 35. While he yet spake, there came from the ruler of the synagogue's house certain which said, Thy daughter is dead. Why troublest thou the master any further? As soon as Jesus heard the word that was spoken, he saith unto the ruler of the synagogue, Be not afraid, only believe. And he suffered no man to follow him, save Peter and James and John, the brother of James. And he cometh to the house of the ruler of the synagogue, and seeth the tumult, and them that wept and wailed greatly. And when he was come in, he said unto them, why make this you do? What are you making all the trouble about? Why do you weep? The damsel is not dead, but sleepeth. And they laughed him to scorn. But when he had put them all out, he taketh the father and the mother of the damsel and them that were with him and entereth into where the damsel was lying. And he took the damsel by the hand and said unto her, Talitha kumai, which is being interpreted, damsel, I say unto you, arise. And straightway the damsel arose and walked for she was about the age of twelve years. And they were astonished with a great astonishment. And he charged them straightly that no man should know it, and commanded that something should be given her to eat. Now here we have this wonderful picture of our Savior having authority over death. You remember in Revelation chapter 1, 18, I am he that was dead, and behold, I am alive forevermore, and I have the authority over death and of hell. And here he manifested it here in this chapter. Now remember the picture. Here's a ruler of the synagogue. His weak girl is sick unto death. And you can just see as the crowd uh, pressed in on the Lord Jesus, how this man Jairus, his father's heart would be full. Oh, why doesn't he hurry up? Why doesn't he hurry up? What does he do? He stops and heals a woman. I wonder why he did that. I'm sure that the Lord knew already that the daughter was dead. But to encourage the faith of Jairus, he healed this woman right in front of Jairus' eyes. And he said, now, when word came through, don't trouble the master anymore. Your girl is dead. When death comes in, that's the end. Huh? No, Jesus said to him, be not afraid. Only believe. And he went on down. You remember? And he, and he raised the girl from the dead. What I want to get into your heart today is the marvelous compassion of the Savior. You see, his heart was not with the little girl. His heart was with, was with Jairus and the girl's mother. The Lord knew. The Lord knew where the, where the girl was. He knew that. She was in paradise. She was away from this veil of tears, suffering, weakness, frailty, misunderstanding. 
She was on the other side. She had said good night to earth and good morning to glory. Do you remember the Lord one time said this in, in John chapter 14, uh, 28, when he said to the disciples, when he told them he was going to leave them, and they were full of sorrow. He said to them, why, if you only knew what was on the other side, you would rejoice because I said, I go to my Father, or I go to the Father. You see, so he just says to this, to this Jairus, this father, when the word came, your daughter is dead, all he said is, don't, don't, be, don't worry about it. Don't be afraid. Only believe, you see. The messenger said, she's dead. <laughs> Jesus said, don't worry about it. She's not dead, but sleepeth. And you remember, they laughed him to scorn. Just like uh, uh, in John chapter 11, you remember concerning Lazarus, where the Lord Jesus said to the disciples, I go to a rate, I go to awake him out of his sleep. And the disciples said, well, if he's sleeping, he does well. Jesus said clearly, I say to you, Lazarus is dead. As far as the Savior is concerned, it's just sleep. As far as believers in Christ are concerned, it's just sleep. What I'm trying to get to your heart is the Lord's compassion, the Lord's tenderness was not for the girl, was for the father, was for the mother. Just like you have in, in John 11, Jesus wasn't concerned about Lazarus. He was concerned about Mary and Martha. What did he do? He stopped them, took the time out, wept with them. Isn't that just like the Savior? You know, uh, he's the same today. Hebrews chapter 2, verse 18 says that he's touched with the feeling of our infirmities. He's able to succor them that are tested. Remember, he was tested in all points as we are, apart from sin. He's able to succor you. He's able to meet your need, whatever it may be. Oh, the tenderness, the compassion, the love of the Savior for people in need. And I'll tell you very bluntly, there never has been one party, one man or woman or young person ever come to the Savior in need that he ever turned them away. Now, you may not do what you think he's going to do, but he'll never turn you away. He'll meet the need of your heart. And then, you know, I, I, I was thinking of this, this question of God the believer, this little girl, where was she? Well, before the resurrection of Christ, she'd be in paradise, or as Luke 16, possibly in Abraham's bosom. However, she's better off. She's left this valley of tears, just like believers do today. If, if you want those verses, I might remind you of Philippians 1, 23, where Paul says, And I'm in a strait betwixt two, having a desire to depart and to be with Christ, which is far better. Or in 2 Corinthians 5, 6 to 8, absent from the body, is present with the Lord. So you see again, the compassion of Christ was not for the little girl, was but for the father and the mother. They were the ones who were in sorrow. And if I'm talking to any today, and your loved one is gone, left, and if they love the Savior, do you know where they are? They're enjoying the presence of the Savior face to face, something you and I have never experienced. I'm reminded of that 16th Psalm, the 15th verse, in thy presence is fullness of joy. At thy right hand there are pleasures forevermore. Now you'll notice in between, the Lord dealt with a woman who had an issue of blood. 
And again, I'm coming back to the, to the whole picture, not only for Jairus and his wife, but also the compassion he had for a woman who'd been sick 12 years. Now, the little girl who had died had lived 12 years. She was the apple of her father's eye. But here was a woman who had been sick for 12 years. She spent all that she had on doctors and wasn't made any better. Let me read it to you. In verse 24, afterward came about when Jairus said, My little daughter lies at the point of death. Come on down and, and heal her. You remember the crowd stepped in and, and held Jesus back. And as he went, verse 24, much people throng followed him and thronged him. And a certain woman which had an issue of blood twelve years and had suffered many things of many physicians and had spent all that she had and was nothing better but rather grew worse when she had heard of Jesus, came in the press behind and touched his garment. For she said, If I may touch but his clothes, I shall be whole. And straightway the fountain of her blood was dried up. And she felt in her body that she was healed of that plague. And Jesus, immediately knowing in himself that virtue was gone out of him, turned him about in the press and said, Who touched my clothes? And his disciples said unto him, Thou seest the multitude thronging thee, and sayest thou who touched me? And he looked round about to see her that had done this thing. And the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what was done in her, came and fell down before him and told him all the truth. And he said unto her, Daughter, thy faith hath made thee whole. Go in peace, and be whole of thy plague. Now, right following that, you have the word coming that the daughter of Jairus was dead. So I, I'm of the persuasion that when the Lord healed that woman, who had an issue of blood 12 years, it was a good, it ought to have been a great encouragement to Jairus. That's why the Lord said, do not be afraid, only believe. See? Only believe. That's all. There's nothing that satisfies the heart of God more. Nothing rejoices his heart more than to have men and women just simply put their trust in him. To believe what he says is the truth. Don't try and argue with it or pass around it. Simply believe what God has said is the truth. If he's God, he's righteous. If he's righteous, then whatever he says is right. All he wants you and me to do is to believe him. Now, here's a woman with, with an issue of blood. And here we see our Lord again in his authority over disease. Twelve years sick. Oh, the mental physical, spiritual experience of this woman. Twelve years of suffering and humiliation. You see, you and I don't realize this, but according to Leviticus chapter 15, this woman wasn't allowed in society. She couldn't have any friends. She couldn't stay home. She was ostracized. And she had spent everything she had on doctors. She was incurable, she was bankrupt. You say, Mr. Mitchell, aren't you kind of pressing that? No, you read Leviticus 15. A woman had an issue of blood. For example, if she sat on a chair and you came three or four minutes afterwards and sat on the same chair, you'd have to go and take your clothes off and wash them and wash yourself before you could go back into society. 
If she touched any pan, it was unclean. She couldn't touch her husband, become unclean. Couldn't touch her children, unclean. She's ostracized, put out of society. And she must have been in a tremendous, what shall I say, um, urgency of heart. She must have been really desperate to have come into this crowd. And she pressed her way through the crowd. If I can just touch his clothes. If I can just touch his clothes. Why, what it must have meant for her to press through the crowd, even to be in the crowd. Sick, weak, thin, ostracized from society. Oh, but if I can just touch him. But you see, the crowds were around him. But she did. She pressed through by simple faith and touched him. If I can just touch his clothes, as if there was some healing in his clothes. The Lord recognized her weak faith. He always does. Bless his name. Yours are mine. If I can just touch him. And so she touched him. The moment she touched him, she was made well. <laughs> he always answers the need of our hearts. Have you touched him? You remember the crowd said, or the disciples said to him, when he said, who touched my clothes? Why, you see the crowd around you? Everybody's touching you. And you ask such a question, who touched me? Ah, but somebody touched me. My, the moment she touched him, she was made whole. He touched the daughter, and she was raised up. She touched him. He touched the girl. Made no reverence. Contact with the Savior brings deliverance. I ask you the question, friend. Have you touched him? You know, later on in the passage, I think it's in chapter, uh, the end of chapter 6, I read, as many as touched him were made whole. Have you ever touched him? I wish in some way I could put in the words I feel about this, that by simple faith we come, touch the Savior. Here comes a sinner. Here's one who's possibly an alcoholic or he's on drugs or some other saints. He's anyhow, he's an outcast sinner. And he's yearning to be delivered from his sin. He just touches Jesus by simple faith. Jesus said, come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, I'll give you rest. He said in John 6, 37, he that cometh to me, I will no wise cast out. I remember there was a great crowd round the Savior, or a great many touching him. I'm sure many of them had need. Why weren't they healed? Ah, it was not the touch of faith. There are many folk who go to church services. Never touch him. There are many religious leaders who have never touched him. There are many moralists, good people, wonderful people but they're still dead in trespasses and sins. Why? They've never touched him. You see, only the needy and the hungry are the ones that are reached. And notice the moment she was touched, what did she do? She, she came in trembling, but she witnessed and she told him 
all the truth. She witnessed. And before the whole crowd, she testified that she'd been healed, that she'd been touched by the Savior, that her need had been met. And you know the wonderful word he said to her, those precious words when he said, go in peace. I repeat it. Why did he say that? Again, I say it was to encourage Jairus and his faith. Now, may I just say this in closing today. Here's a great crowd around the Savior. Most of them are curious. They're there not because they love the Savior. They're there because they want to see something spectacular. They're there because they, they're going with the crowd, that's all, to see what Jesus is going to do next. He's done remarkable things. He's cast out demons. He's healed the sick. He's rebuked the fever. He, he heals a woman right here. They press upon him, but they never touch him. With this, with the hand of faith, there are thousands, literally hundreds of thousands, who go to church week after week after week. They've never touched Jesus. They're religious, they're moral, church members possibly, but they've never touched Jesus. Have you, my friend? Have you, my friend? The only way that a person can be delivered from his sin and made whole is to touch him. We trust that your hearts have been blessed and encouraged through the study of God's Word. And so until next time, this is the Unchanging Word radio broadcast. Life begins at Calvary.